Hey, St. John. Welcome to Post Sermon Podcast. This is Deacon Estalia. I am here again with Pastor Adam. Hey, y'all. We are on episode two of our podcast. Can you believe it? I, I cannot. Pretty incredible. Who would have ever guessed that one day we would be doing a podcast together? It's only episode two. Let's give it some time. That's true. Yep. Maybe episode 25 we can celebrate more. I don't know. Yep. All right. So we are now discussing your sermon from Ash Wednesday. And we are now in the, the season of Lent, which is exciting. Um, and I thought it was interesting that for your sermon, you decided to bring in the book of Judges. Now, can we all have a refresher on the book of Judges? What is it about? Uh, sure. The book of Judges comes right after the book of Joshua, which means it comes right after the conquest in the the inheriting the promised land that the Lord had promised to the children of Israel. And so coming off just the, the high marks and the, and the excitement of the Lord kept his promise, we're in the promised land, it's the land flowing with milk and honey and all this, the book of Judges takes quite a turn. Uh, the people turn away from the Lord repeatedly. The Lord allows other uh, peoples and nations to rise up against Israel and time and again, the people are driven to repentance, and the Lord will raise up these deliverers, these judges who will rescue the people. Uh, very much the change between Joshua and the book of Judges, it's a lot like going from Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, into uh, The Empire Strikes Back, and just in terms of you had all this victory and joy, and all of a sudden things are not good. Yeah, very good. Didn't think you'd bring Star Wars into it, but... It's never a bad thing. Yes, well, maybe. All right, so then thinking, why did you decide to focus on the book of Judges during Lent. Sure. Uh, Lent being a season of repentance and uh, preparation for uh, seeing Jesus journey to the cross. Uh, The book of Judges very much is a book focused on the people repenting and turning from their sins. It is a book focused on our sins and on our evil and our need for a savior, our need for a deliverer, our need for a judge in, in the case of the book. And so thinking about our need for Jesus, uh, the book of Judges will point us to Christ, who is our ultimate Savior and Deliverer and Judge. So then can you tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on from Judges? Uh, The reading was from Judges chapter 2. And Judges 2 is very much a summary for the whole book. It describes the cycle of the people uh, turning away from God and worshiping other gods and then the Lord uh, sending the people into some sort of despair or bringing up a nation against them and they're conquered or, or, or some sort of oppression. And then the people repent. And so the Lord also brings up a judge to rescue them and deliver them. And then after the time of that judge, the cycle repeats over. And so chapter two very much summarizes the rest of the book. It's just going to be this cycle again and again and again. And we'll see that each week with the different judges we encounter. So then what would you say is the central teaching of your sermon? Uh, central teaching, uh, very much to focus on how God will still keep his promise. Um, that while uh, our sin, our evil are that real and that bad, thankfully God's promises is true. God's promise endures in that while we are living in the midst of our history and our centuries of evil and destruction, God's promise is timeless and that promise is his son Jesus. And that is a sure thing no matter what. So then how do you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life through the sermon? Uh, one of my hopes there was to put before us our need to repent. I mean, our sin and our evil are really that bad. And it, it, 
often we will give ourselves a, a pass and not not judge ourselves so harshly. And, you know, we'll kind of self-justify in this sort of thing. But if our sins are not real sins, then what did Jesus die for? And so part of the sermon and just the intent of it being Ash Wednesday is uh, Jesus came for real sinners. And if we don't recognize ourselves as such, then Jesus didn't come for us. So maybe we're more like the rebellious Israelites than we realize at times. I, I think more often than we're willing to admit. Yeah. Sure. So then what would you say was the problem the sermon sought to identify? Uh, maybe just kind of our obfuscation of our sin and our evil and that we are just as inclined to evil. And the book of Judges makes us uncomfortable because it's it's hard to see uh, other people act this way, but it's also uh, challenging for us to admit that. Are we really any different? So that's definitely the law right there. But then let's talk about the gospel. How did you get to Jesus in your preaching? Yeah, and, and so to connect uh, Christ in, I tied into God's promise and how God made this promise long ago to Abraham, that through Abraham's offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And that was the promise for the Savior, for the Messiah, uh, for this deliverer of the world. But by the time you get to the book of Judges, it is centuries after that, and it is easy to think, has God forgotten? Does God care? Uh, things are getting worse and worse. Where is God in all of this? And throughout the book of Judges, we see God keeps his promise. No matter the darkness that seeps in, no matter the shroud that encircles us, God will keep his promise to raise up a deliverer. He raises up a judge again and again and again. And while these judges are feeble, while these judges have their flaws and their foibles and their triumphant in one scene and just a failure in the next, we have one judge who is uh, without question in character. We have one judge who has no fo- foibles. And this one has bled and died for us on the cross. And so it's through these uh, weaker judges, we get a glimpse of the judge, uh, the Jesus, who's come to deliver us. Sure. It's definitely a lot of comfort with that promise. Well, is there anything else that you would like to tell tell us about your sermon that perhaps you didn't include? I, I think one of the challenges with preaching on Ash Wednesday is uh, that day is it's an important day. It's the beginning of Lent. There's always a lot going on in the service with the imposition of ashes, and we have the individual absolution that you know people come forward and receive from a pastor. Um, th- there's just a lot going on in the service, and in just the day demands so much that how do you communicate what you need to in a, in a shorter amount of time? Um, and so it's not just you know watching the clock, but also just recognizing that uh, the occasion, the festival, it's it has a lot going on. And so I, I really was hoping to. Uh, make sure that this sermon was impactful and prepared us for the weeks to come. But it's very much a, almost a, a part one of six with the remaining five Wednesdays. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about the remaining judges and what we can learn from them. And then I would be remiss if I didn't ask this next question. I noticed at the beginning of your ser- sermon that you brought up your children, which I thought was cool. But I also was a little surprised because you don't normally do that when you preach. So I just have to ask, is there a particular reason why you don't bring up your children in your sermons? Yeah, I am hesitant when I bring up uh, Rachel or my children in sermons or something like that because uh, they're part of the congregation and they, you know, they deserve some of that uh, privacy or discretion or... Sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a respect that this should be there. And so 
uh, if I was ever going to have some sort of story like with Rachel or with one of my children, it would definitely need some some clearance ahead of time. And when I was writing the sermon this week, I, I mentioned to Rachel, like, Rachel, I need a pre-screening for this sermon because I'm going to be mentioning the children. But I, I was hoping by doing so, it was, it was a very um, oblique way. It wasn't you know direct, but it was more just to get to the point of uh, the innocence of children and how that innocence can be removed and then just uh, how... You can't avoid the darkness as much as we want to protect our children. I was just about to bring that up because you mentioned that in your sermon. Your kids are now at that age where they can remember stuff. So, right. Probably appreciate that they're not being brought up a lot in sermons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, very good. This wraps up our episode. Want to remind everyone that there is a link to the sermon in the notes. And you can also find this on the church website. So, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Adam, and everyone else. And I look forward to the next time we get to converse about one of your sermons. Yeah, next time it's not me. It's me, uh, Vicar James That's is right, preaching. Vicar James. Yeah, he's on for uh, Lent 1. So, yeah, very uh, good. Yep, that'll be so, fun. Yeah, that'll be fun to put him in this hot seat. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. You have a good day. Bye. Bye. Deacon Staley, why do you still have ashes on your forehead?